And now for McAllen City Hall, a meeting of the McAllen City Commission. Okay, we're convening the City Commission meeting, regular City Commission for August 24, 2020. If you'd stand up with me for the Pledge of Allegiance, followed by invocation by Commissioner Omar Quintanilla. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, creator of heaven and earth, we thank you for your continued guidance and protection over our city and our residents. We ask that while the pandemic continues, that you would intervene, that your healing touch would prevail, and that business and commerce would return. Father, we pray for first responders and for medical staff that you would protect them as they can continue to treat COVID patients. I pray for this meeting, that you would give us wisdom to make the best decisions. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Commissioner. We will now uh, convene our public hearing to hear items and recommendations from the McAllen Planning and Zoning Commission. And the first items are 1A through um, 1A. It's a routine item. Yes, sir. So we have uh, one rezoning and two conditional use permits under routine. Um, as always, they come with a favorable recommendation from Planning and Zoning, and they receive no opposition at PNZ. Um, like always, if yeah. you want to discuss any items separately, we can always take them yeah. out. 1A1 is a rezone from C2 to district, uh, district to C3 General Business for 3928 North 29th Street. The second is a request um, for Homeowner Association to build a house on a tennis court in a private subdivision which had a uh, deed restriction, I would understand. Yeah. And the third one is a request from uh, South Texas Electric Cooperative for an electrical substation at 6801 Mile 7 Road. I had a question. I, South Texas Electric Cooperative, is that, I always, I always thought we just had AEP and Magic Valley. Is, is this a separate? Well, you got to remember that there's the distributors and then there's actual, actually the energy providers. And so even though you might be, um, paying Magic Valley, your actual energy might come from other companies. So. No, I understand that, okay. but RUP doesn't have an electrical substation. Correct. Only a, somebody that holds a certificate of convenience and necessity. I, ha I have to think this is a DBA of Magic yes. Valley. Yes. Oh, it's a DBA yes. of Magic Valley. Thank you very uh. much. Is there anybody here to appear in opposition to any of these uh, items, item A1, 2, and 3? Here and entertain a motion to approve the consent. Well moved. Second. All those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed, same sign, motion carried. B, amending the ordinance city of McAllen. C, uh, oh, we need an, oh, well, let's see, because over there. Yeah, I need a motion to approve the, uh, Second. okay. Second. For item one, and all those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed, same sign, motion carried. C. Alrighty, so this is a uh, public hearing for variance to the mechanical order of ordinances of alcoholic beverage. Uh, on 806 South 16 and a half. This property is located on the southwest corner of 16 and a half and Houston. Let me share this actually. Well, I should be sharing. Okay. 
Yeah. There we go. Cool. Perfect. Uh, Jason Sonin is C3 to the north, east, and south, and R2 to the south and east. Let me go back. There we go. Uh, surrounding uses include businesses, single-family residences, duplex, and MISD's guidance center, uh, the old Roosevelt Elementary. Um, that guidance center slash Roosevelt Elementary is right across the street um, from the location. Uh, the applicant is proposing to sell beer and wine in fruit baskets um, at her business called Fruitful Creation and Spirits. There will be no on-premise consumption um, of alcohol. The staff recommends approval of the variance uh, since there is no on-premise consumption and um, the MISD's guidance center is mostly administrative offices. Uh, students rarely go there. Okay, um, is there anybody here to appear in opposition to this uh, variance uh, relating to um, the request for alcoholic beverage services? Uh, is is that on the corner of Houston in the 16 and a half that used to be a flower shop? Is yeah. that what was fired? That's exactly it, uh, Commissioner. Yeah, she sells okay, baskets and the baskets include alcoholic beverages. Yeah. There's no on-premise consumption. Yeah, I think that's fine. Okay, then is that a motion to approve? Just real quick, real quick. Sure, motion to approve. Okay. Second. Okay. On the on the on the site map, it does have tables and chairs. Like, is it going to be like a restaurant? No, they're working tables so that their workers sit down and kind of uh, oh, okay. rearrange the. Okay. Yeah. I got a Okay, so we have a motion and second for approval of item C. Um, all those in favor, say aye or raise your hand. Aye. 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 Opposed, same sign. Motion carried. Item D. This is also a public hearing for variance um, to the Alcoholic Beverage Code. This one is for 920 North Main. Uh, this property is located on the east side of North Main. It is zone C3. Adjacent zoning is C3 to the west and south with uh, R1 to the north and east. Uh, surrounding uses include single-family residences, uh, Roosevelt's, Cocina y Forno, First Church of Christ Scientists, which is across the street, and Wilson Elementary. Again, both the church and Wilson Elementary are within the 300-foot uh, distance requirement. The property had previously received a variance for TIBC, specifically for beer and wine. This was back in 2018. Uh, the applicant is now applying for a mixed beverage, beverage cartage, and late hours permit uh, to operate a restaurant called Pausa Cocina del Autor with proposed hours of Monday through Saturday, 11 to midnight. Uh, we have received one call from a property owner directly to the north, uh, Mr. Jack Edwards. Um, he's more concerned with the late hours aspect of the permit as opposed to the mixed beverage. Um, the applicant mentioned that they are willing to close at 10 uh, Monday through Wednesdays, but a midnight closing time is what they're looking for on Thursday through Saturday. Um, uh, based off the venues used as a restaurant and at a bar, uh, we are recommending approval of the variance. Uh, for mixed beverages and cartage. Uh, we are recommending disapproval for the late hours permit. Um, and when the applicant wishes to finally go past midnight, because they don't need a late hours permit to operate until midnight, they can come back and ask for that permit. Um, so recommendation is approval. Okay. okay so ask a quick question. Yes. There's not going to be a band or anything. I, I didn't hear you. Uh, if you mentioned that or not, I'm sorry. That is not um, the the purpose, I believe. The okay, applicant is here, but as far food. as I know, the but the musica. Uh, I don't believe so. 
Hello, guy. Okay, uh, you gotta get near a microphone. Yeah, we have the applicant here. And let me ask a question: Is is Mr. Edwards on the line, or is he here? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, and is Mr. Mills uh, Millis on the line? Yes, sir, I'm here. Okay, thank you. I'm I'm going to ask for your comments after after the applicant. Go ahead, sir. Ready? Yes. I'm here representing the the tenant and the landlord uh, because he his English is not that good. I want to. Thank everyone for your service. Uh, uh, it's pretty much the same as next door, Bonomia, or across the street, uh, Cocina El Forno. Uh, it's going to be uh, high-end. I mean, the name says it says it, says it all. It's uh, uh, Pausa Cocina de Autor. So it's not going to be band playing. It's going to be high-end uh, dining. And uh, Arechiga uh, wants to complement it with uh, fine wines and beer. And you know whatever goes with the same as salt and um, uh, what's the name of the other one uh, that they own? Salome. Salome. So it's the same concept that we've been trying to achieve on that street. Okay. Um, and by the way, this does not go before the Planning and Zoning Commission, so the only recommendation is from the staff and not the Planning and Zoning Commission. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask the. Um, uh, people in opposition first, and then if you want to address what they're saying, you could go ahead and do it at that time. Mr. Uh, Edwards, you're on the line? Yes, I am. And we have, we have your written um, uh, objections to it, so if you would uh, kind of give us a, a short summary of your written objections, please. Okay, I, I've tried to narrow it down because uh, I don't want to put you to sleep. Um, but one, one thing I'd like to just start out with here is a point of order. Uh, you know, over the years, I've accumulated a lot of files, and I was noticing on the uh, the map, uh, the notice of uh, of hearing, um, the uh, for the alcohol it's uh, it, with church and school is 300 feet, and the same property. Uh, uh, I had a legal notice for the same property back in 2013, uh, where the no legal notice was only required to be 200 feet. But that 200 feet went farther out than 300 feet. Well, let me say this. It went farther out, um, relatively speaking. And so what it looks to me like that in this notice, you didn't include the parking lot as, as part of the, uh, uh, the, the measurement. So the parking lot, you, you didn't go out 300 feet from the parking lot. But yet, in the, in the, in the legal notice from 2013, you went out 200 feet from the parking lot. So if, 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 if that's wrong, then there are people who didn't get a notice that, that should have. Uh, so I just want to make that point of order to begin with. Yeah, I don't think, um, unlike a zoning where um, if you get 20% of the people within 200 feet, that it forces a super majority vote from the city commission. So uh, I would, I'd appreciate uh, what your, your notice there, but it wouldn't necessarily change the city commission's um, choice. And I okay. think I think you will, you probably represent the neighborhood pretty well as to your objections. So well, that, that one last point on that that legal notice is if you went out 300 feet from the parking lot, it would include the property of the church, uh, uh, Our Lady of Sorrow. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. So um, let me uh, just uh, some of this is kind of boilerplate, and I'll, I'll try not to dwell on it too much. I, I did narrow it down quite a bit. 
But you know, we all know that you know to provide for health, safety, and welfare of residents, City of McAllen has an ordinance prohibiting sale of alcohol within 300 feet of church or school. But none of the considerations stipulated in Article 6.2e of the Code of Ordinances uh, that would allow the commissioners to grant a variance would apply here. Now I can't read those uh, read all of those articles to you, but anyway, that that uh, nothing applies here. Now, as you as you may. You mentioned the uh, previous uh, variance for PAM properties, but you didn't mention the previous denial of a variance for 800 North Main Street. Uh, you denied a variance there about a month or two after you granted the one to PAM in 2018. And the issue that was raised there was the uh, outdoor uh, basketball court at the school. <coughs> a lot of people go back and forth uh, to the school to play on that basketball court at night. It's, it's a very popular place. Um, and I, I think the, the, the director's planning memo states that since the, uh, uh, the applicant's uh, uh, main entrance is not facing the school, it wouldn't be an issue. However, 75% of the parking lot for the applicant is facing the school. And so these, these kids do come back and forth through there on a regular basis. <clears throat> um, let me skip down, skip some of this stuff, not put you to sleep. Um, yeah, oh yeah, just an important thing there. Back when you granted the variance uh, for PAM in 2018, I didn't receive a notice. And there were other people who didn't receive notices. So I wasn't at the meeting, and some other people weren't at the meeting either. And so we were not able to you know, voice our concerns at that time. Uh, and so now, you know, I am. Unfortunately, you know, the neighborhood is changing uh, in a way that I don't really like. Uh, Okay, let me move on here. My wife and I, we purchased a home in 89. My wife would like to live there until she dies. You know, my property line is 25 feet from that parking lot. And I have several neighbors to the east who are in the same situation. I also have three bedrooms facing that parking lot. And I just don't know, I can't really say for sure, but I don't know if I would have purchased that home uh, 25 years, 30 years ago, if that's what the neighborhood looked like. And you know, my understanding is that's the whole idea behind planning and zoning laws is to have certainty with your commitments. Um, you know, we've had to call the police. We don't really get any, uh, nothing ever happens to the businesses when they create noises. You know, we call the police, they write a report and we put it in a file. Uh, we've, we've written, we call the police on Roosevelt to seven over the years. They're better than they used to be, but they still do it. Um, uh, Christina Forno is better than uh, Roosevelt's, but we still listen to their music in our backyard. You know, they have outdoor speakers there. I don't know if they're going to have outdoor speakers here or not, but, you know, we do listen. If we're sitting in our backyard, we're listening to the, the music coming from Forno. Um, uh, so there's that point. I, I don't know why. You know, I, I remember one time, I'm getting a little off point here. A year or two ago, he called a police officer because of Roosevelt. He shows up and he says, well, you're in the entertainment district. These guys can do whatever they want. And so, you know, we just don't ever feel as though that's ever going to change. The police or code enforcement is not going to solve that problem. Um, all right, let me move on here. Um, granting this, okay, granting this variance, it'll, it'll just add one more location close to our house is just likely to just have create the same kind of problem uh you know and and you know my wife and i are getting older and uh, you know we we would like to be able to good, get a good night's sleep uh, i turned 68 uh, this month 
And uh, I think that uh, everybody recognizes the implications of uh, getting a good night's rest, especially for older people. Uh, you know, Pam came to the neighborhood with a vision completely out of character with our existing neighborhood. Um, they, uh, and I'm trying to skip through stuff. Uh, oh yeah, prior to Pam, um, there, were, there was no sale of alcohol, there was no late hours, there was no loud music between our house and Hackberry Avenue. And over these years, all that has changed. And, and, and you know, it's, it's, it, my impression is that they, they failed to comply with permits and, and, and this last project, uh, the building permits uh, requires that, uh, you know, they maintain the sidewalk, they don't place structures in setbacks. Um, and, you know, the original plans, I, I believe that they, they obtained permits knowing that there wasn't sufficient parking to satisfy city requirements. Um, and the floor plan that the director submitted, you know, is not accurate. There is, it, over, it does overstate the parking. Um, the site plan calls for, you know, more grease traps in the alley. Uh, I don't know, you know, I, you know, you know, my impression was is that you had to have the zoning board of adjustments to approve some of this stuff. I don't know. Uh, my recollection is that you, you cannot uh, you cannot take a non-conforming structure and modify in such a way where it increases uh, the encroachment. And not only did it increase encroachments in the setback in the front, I mean, it, it, it's occupying the alley. You have pictures of that. I'm, I'm, <clears throat> I'm starting to add Leah. Let me try to get back to my notes. Um, I, I've, I've uh, over the years, I've looked at uh, uh, minutes of VBOA meetings. And uh, one thing I took away from some of those is that um, they, they talked about the, the, the essential character of the, of the locality, how it's the applicant's duty to uh, bear the burden of explaining how they're not going to do that. And there's a section 138-43-4C of the Code of Ordinance that provides that the use to be authorized by the variance will not alter the essential character of the locality. Uh, you know, it's my experience that Pam Properties has not been subject to these requirements. And this has allowed Pam Properties to alter the character of the neighborhood without having to go through the applicable rules and procedures. Uh, you know, if the Board of Commissioners considers the fact that granting this variance will create a greater risk for children who regularly commute through the parking lot of the applicant, the negative effects of having on an establishment, so I'm, I'm, I'm almost done. Uh, the negative effect that having an establishment that sells alcohol in such proximity to my home will have on my family, to my well-being, and the negative impact this will have not only on the home surrounding the property, but also on the safety and well-being and the character of the neighborhood. The Board of Commissioners should observe the purpose of the ordinance and design the variance request. And I guess one last comment is just how many restaurants are you going to put in my neighborhood to sell alcohol until midnight or 11 o'clock? I mean, <laughs> I'm done. Thank you for oh. your attention. And okay. I appreciate any consideration you can give me towards this. Okay, thank you, Mr. Edwards. Mr. Millis, could you, uh, if you have anything new to add, I want to give you a chance to do that, but if you cannot uh, maybe repeat what was Mr. Edwards's comments, please. Uh, yes, sir. Um, my <clears throat> wife and I own the property at 1305 <laughs> Jasmine Avenue. That is uh, just two houses to the east of uh, Jack and Hilda. 
Uh, we are actually under renovation right now, and that's our future home that we hope to move into here in a couple months. Um, we, uh, we certainly are open and supportive of local businesses and restaurants that are complementary to existing neighborhoods uh, such as this, uh, but we're not in favor of restaurants disguising as bars. They would like to bring late night issues to our backyard. Uh, as grandma always said, nothing good happens after midnight. And uh, the older I get, the more I believe it. So it's my understanding that the application for late night alcohol sales is for a restaurant similar to Salt or Cocina El Forno <clears throat> uh, in a format similar to that. Uh, we would be open if those hours of operation were limited uh, to closing by 11 o'clock so that we don't have the issues in the back parking lot and also that there are no outside musical venues or, or what have you that would disturb the neighborhood. With that, we appreciate your consideration for our input into the matter. Okay, thank He's you, sir. asking me, right? Um, yeah, you heard the you've heard the objections from the property owners. Do you have any? Yes. Yes, go ahead. I would, first of all, I want to take my hat off for the investor that is opening up a restaurant in such difficult times. It's, uh, I, I was not expecting that to happen. So uh, I'm very thankful uh, and, and Second of all, I also want to thank, and I'm not being sarcastic, I want to thank uh, Mr. Edwards because of him I learned so much about how this works. <laughs> He's been op opposing all of our projects since the inception of uh, the R Walk 12 years ago. I want to remind him how that neighborhood didn't have restaurants, but it looked uh, empty. It looked uh, abandoned. Uh, there were a lot of... Uh, unwanted people uh, uh, wandering around the neighborhood. If you remember where Mr. Cantu developed that uh, um, uh, art center, it was an abandoned mortuary. And uh, I, I can be almost certain that uh, Mr. Edwards' property has increased in value uh, because talking to him, he's been always very nice to me. He uh, mentioned a figure about $400,000. Uh, when I purchased the first building on Main Street next to his property, I paid $238,000. So that tells you everything about how everything has, uh, and you know, I don't want to throw numbers, but the properties that we have acquired lately have been a lot more than that uh, on that street. And that's been thank thanks to the improvements that we have uh, envisioned for that street. Uh, with that being said, uh, he knew all along when he bought that property that uh, right next to his building was, was a law firm with a building that was uh, uh, a C3. Uh, so he knew the risk of at some point turning in what, you know, what it's, I'm proud of what it's turning into. And uh, so we obviously have different, and I understand, I, I, I am empathetic or empathetic, I don't know the word, towards him. Uh, and at some point, if I can help him in some way uh, with that property, we don't do 
um, residential investment, it will have to be pre-approved by this committee <laughs> and do something with him so he can go and buy something where he can rest peacefully with the wife, and, you know. Uh, but again, uh, to wrap it up, the furniture that uh, Mr. Uh, Luis Miguel Arechiga is purchasing for that, uh, for that uh, restaurant is from NIU, the furniture store on uh, 10th Street that only sells uh, high-end product. I have never, I've never heard of a bar buying furniture for from that furniture store because coincidentally it's owned by my wife. So not, I don't believe a bar has ever purchased furniture from, from that venue. And uh, Bonomia and Cocina, they all have. So it's a completely different, for Mr. Millis' peace of mind, it's a completely different uh, um, uh, business model that we're trying to to do over there. Okay, thank you, sir. I, I had a question, uh, Ms. Garcia, on planning and zoning. You said there was a recommended denial of the late hours, so what, what would be the hours would uh, be applicable to the restaurant? Well, so right now, um, the applicant is proposing to close uh, at midnight, so they wouldn't need a late hours. Late hours covers from midnight to 2 a.m. Um, obviously, the applicant is uh, applying for the late hours just in case they'll ever need it, in case their business model grows, uh, but at this point, it's not needed. And he, so he could stay open to midnight during the week. So he, what he's agreed to is 10 p.m. from Monday through Wednesday, and then Thursday I'll through Saturday at, at midnight. midnight. Yes, sir. Midnight. And that's that doesn't take a variance or no. That's part of the okay. Mm -hmm. yep. Okay. And let me ask you this: Did the school district of uh, file a um, protest? No, but sir, the church did. did the um, Christian Scientist Church did. Nope. Well, no, I didn't neither did, did our neighbor Charles didn't either, right, Mr. Mr. Edwards? No. Nope. Uh, I had the, I, uh, I had Christian scientists not speaking, but submitted a letter. They okay. might have submitted directly to the city secretary, but they didn't submit it to us. Yeah, I think I have it in here. At any rate, um, uh, again, Jesus, is there going to be music at this bar at this restaurant? Uh, that is not the case. Just uh, sometimes, like uh, Mr. Edwards mentioned. Uh, Cocina may have a soft lounge kind of music on the outdoor on the front. If that will be the case, that will be the most you're going to hear from. Yeah, but you're going to okay. hear Bohem Bohemia. You're going to hear this one. You're going to hear El Forno and Roosevelt. Bonomia only opens until 3. Uh, they're more of a morning thing. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I yeah. do might point out, Christian, we had a letter from Mario Rios, Christian scientist. Okay. And the members Thank of the First Church of Christian Scientists are in union opposing the uh, mixed beverage application for 920 North Main Street. They said late night hours mixed beverage application, so I don't know mm -hmm. what that means. But at any rate, uh, we believe the increased traffic and parking Main Street, aside from three restaurants with possible inadequate parking and late night automobile activity, is not conducive to an otherwise peaceful area. So uh, the school didn't protest, but the Correct. church did. Yeah, I think Mayor... Um, I had spoken to Mr. Edwards and Mr. Millis, you know, over the last couple of weeks, and, you know, their concerns are definitely valid. And I think, as Mark stated, the biggest concern was a restaurant that could turn into a bar late at night and just cause a lot of disruption. After reviewing the plans for the applicant, um, we're looking at about 1,100 square feet. Looking at the layout, it's primarily, it looks like it's all uh, dine-in seating, almost 40, 40 people or less at a maximum, it looks like. 
I looked for a bar uh, because a bar would probably have a lengthy service counter. This one, you know, has three bar stools. Um, it looks like it's basically just an area where the bartender can serve the dining floor. Uh, there isn't really an outside area, and with the expectation that there's no outdoor live music and the applicant's willingness to close early, um, you know, it definitely makes me feel much more comfortable that the intention is a restaurant, uh, a new local restaurant for the city of McAllen to really complement, I think, some of the other ones that are on Main Street. Uh, I think when we look at Main Street, being that it's a commercial area so close to residential, we do have to be selective and we have to make sure that we we make the right decisions for that area uh, that complement the residential and the commercial without hindering uh, either, I guess. Okay. Any other questions or comments? Yeah, I'd just like to make one last comment. Um, all these considerations are very important to us, but the, you know, I guess legally the bottom line here is, is that you know, this is a variant from a code that's there to protect the school and the children and the church. And so whether the school actually came and voiced an opinion or not, th those school children are still there. And that's what that's the purpose of the variance. I mean, that's yes. the purpose of the of the law. I, I, no, I, so, I certainly appreciate that. But I think, you know, we're talking. I appreciate that. I just leave it at that. But I mean, from a late hour standpoint, hopefully there won't be any kids out there. At that. But I appreciate that we have a basketball court near the school uh, where they uh, where they go out and play till 10 o'clock at night or so. Okay, do I have a motion? Um, Make a motion to approve for the permit under uh, the restrictions of not operating later than 12 a.m. Okay. Do I have a second? You might in second, Commissioner. Second. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um, all those in favor, uh, say aye or raise your hand. Aye. 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 Okay. Motion carried. Opposed? Same sign. Motion. Okay. One. One. Okay. It's five to one. Motion carried. Thank you. Uh, there are no other items um, in the public hearing. So we'll stand at the end of the public hearing. We'll stand adjourned from the public hearing and go to the consent agenda. Mayor, could we do 7A there? Oh, I'm sorry. Could we do 7A? We have uh, somebody who has an appointment needs to leave, and that's one of our lawyers. And that's the item relating to the interlocal agreement with Mission, where we uh, are seceding some of our ETJ to Mission, and they're, they're giving us uh, some other ETJ in that area out near Conway and 107. In my, the question was. Would need to be taken off the table. Okay, take Motion to remove from table. Second. Have a second. second. Yep. Okay. All those in favor of taking off the table, say aye or raise aye. your hand. Aye. 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 Motion carried. There was a question of whether we could or they could even yeah. annex because it's not adjacent or city. Did yes. We, okay. We answered that, and they can. They can. Okay. That's correct. Uh, I was provided an updated map which clearly depicts the city of uh, Mission ETJ abutting that of McAllen. Yes. And with that uh, item being removed from the table, this, I make a motion to approve the ordinance as set forth under 7A. I, I second that. That's a recommendation to have. I just have one comment. In the past, we've um, de-annexed property for all the cities around us. I would just hope that someday when we ask the favor, it gets reciprocated <laughs> because it hasn't. <laughs> okay, right. I agree with you, Mayor. I'm with you. It's only been 110 okay. years, Mayor. Yeah. So. <laughs> all those in favor say aye or raise your hand. 
Aye. Aye. Opposed, same sign. Motion carried. Thank you. So now we'll go back to the consent agenda. We're going to take item uh, B, 2B, and 2H2I um, off the consent agenda for discussion. Any other items we come off the consent agenda? E and M. I thought we had said H. What were we doing with H and I? We've already removed them, right? I'm sorry. Yeah, we already moved H, I, and now we're going to okay. take, we got B, H, I, and M. Is that right? B is M off and also. Then let's do D. E? Ooh. Yes. <laughs> okay, E. Okay, move to approval. Oh, it was all of them. And then M, is that what you said, Mayor? M? Yeah, yeah M's taken off. We're going nowhere anyway. So we've taken B, H, I, M. B-E-H-I-M, off the consent agenda for discussion. Any other items? E. I thought you said E. I did. B-E-H-I-M. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> okay. Do I have a motion to approve all the items except for B-E-H-I-M? A motion to approve. Okay, motion. I got a second here. All those in favor, say aye or raise your hand. Aye. Okay, motion carried. Any party opposed? Motion carries. Item B, uh, the, relating to the two aircraft abandoned in McAllen International Airport and sale. Our first question is, are those the original jets we looked at about a year or two ago? We brought them to commission uh, for review in November, the last meeting of November of this last year. Yeah, okay. So we're ready to sell them. Well, we're ready to get um, authorization to declare them um, as abandoned so that we can proceed with selling. And those how are, long have they been there and how far beyond the ordinance have, have they gone? So the ordinance requires that we give the owner 30 days notification. We've done that. And then uh, the commission has to allow us to declare it as abandoned uh, aircraft. Once they're declared abandoned, they come into the control of the city. And at that point, we give the owner an additional 10 days notification that the aircraft have now uh, fallen into the city's control. And then we've got an additional 20 days notification process before we've got to put them out for public auction. I think the question was, though, if those are the two jets or we're sitting way down at the end, that they've been there for years and years. I believe they are. Okay. Finally. Okay, so they've been there for a long time, right? Yeah. I, I don't know since when, but it's an item that we brought to commission um, this last part of last year. November, we just say we remember these. Right. November, November of 2019. But we authorized to send the 30 day notice. We were authorized to send the notification, and we were asked to come back with uh, what ordinance or what we, we, we ha what flexibility we had for the use of that aircraft. So oh, yeah. legal has come back with a recommendation that the ordinance requires um, that we notify the owner and then put the aircraft up for public auction. Um, there were two other potential uh, um, actions that you all can take. Um, and those are stipulated in the agenda item. Um, I don't know if Kevin wants to expand on this. Um, no. So the mayor doesn't have his private airplane anymore. So under okay. the existing ordinance, we would be required to put them out for public auction. Yeah. Um, option number two is that the department be granted a waiver to the ordinance so that if the commission did want the use of that aircraft for any other project, that be considered. But uh, the last option would be 
um, that we look at flexibility and changes to the existing ordinance. Okay, and before anybody jumps up, is it, these are not for the use of the commission. The project was, I got you, um, that we have an airport park that right. is literally right. right next to the airport. So because we were trying to get like the aviation uh, people, I mean, aviation careers <coughs> to kind of like kick start here in, in the valley because we do have an airport. So we could use these two uh, to be kind of like an incentive for kids to go visit the, air, the airplanes. And that way they can kind of like be like, oh, maybe I want a career in aviation. So that's that's the reason why we want to keep them, not for I the use that. of the commission. Okay. <laughs> but that doesn't a great idea. Well, What's the potential value of, of both those planes? So we can do an airport. I don't have actual that airport. Park. They're, they're in pretty bad shape. And if I could expand on the project, um, and I don't want to speak for the people that looked at it, but it was a conclusion that it was going to be pretty expensive and a lot of potential liability in doing anything other than following the ordinance and selling them. We're still not committing at this point, so we could do that. Because, yeah. and I will uh, pick up on something that Liz said that we did investigate. Part of the, they have been there quite a long time. Part of the reason <laughs> that they didn't come before the commission earlier is that we rely on the FBO operator normally to let us know when, you know, we're not over there inspecting aircraft every single day like we do with code enforcement driving around giving tickets and putting red tags. And so they were there a, an extended <clears throat> period of time before they were reported uh, to the city. So we're not, in the legal department, we're not discounting the possibility that if you wanted to do something with them, we would consider that. But I do think that there was some effort to look at that and some informal discussions and the conclusion was that it's probably be very expensive and a, a lot of potential liability in moving them and allowing members of the public to go into them because they're in pretty bad. Because condition. the thing is, my whole thing was to condition, like to pretty much condition the our airport park or anything. I just because when I went to go see the um, um, the fire truck, the one that's there at the airport, the yellow one or the green one, huh. it's super cool. And then so the fire department they do do those t those the tours and stuff right. like that with the kids. And if it's something that we can, you know, uh, tag it to the quality of life, let's see, mechanic, and not also yeah. as an educational purposes for the schools too. I mean. Yeah. I think if you go in it, um, you'll probably agree we shouldn't do it, but we can get you a tour of it and see right. the inside of it. Oh, no, I already got it. Oh, oh, to the plane, so I thought to yeah. the fire department. Yeah. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay, so we need a motion to approve the going out to auction to see whether we get a bid on motion it. Motion to declare the, air, the two aircraft abandoned abandon and authorize the sale. Second. Okay, any further discussion? All those in favor say aye or raise your hand. Aye. Opposed, aye. same sign. Motion carried. Okay, now that was B. E is consideration approved change order number one and final reconciliation of quantities for the 2020 single machine paving. I thought there was a math error in that. Go ahead, Omar. I think you asked for that. No, that was Joaquin. Oh, Joaquin. And this actually has to do more with the map depicting the repaving. Yeah. On, on North 29th, the map depicts uh, the repaving from like. Indian Hills South all the way to Trenton, but when I was there yesterday, uh, about 300 feet north of the intersection of Auburn and 29th, from that point, 300 feet north south all the way to Trenton, it still remains unpaved or repaved. So I don't know why we left it that way. Um, 
You're right. Not not all of that has been paved. I need to to correct correct the map. The only thing um, I can think of is because of the drainage project that's going to go east to uh, from west to east. Uh, and I imagine you're going to have to dig through that. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's why we hold off. We do have we do have that paving. Pro I mean, sorry, that drainage project that's going to come um, across Auburn, and we may have uh, skipped that piece there because we're going to have to come across 29th Street to take it. Okay. All right. I'm good with that. Thank I, you. I had one question. You know, and I think it's because you lumped the. Um, company with the asphalt but we had one expenses of 1.429 in the budget amount of 3,221,000 and so we have amount remaining is zero and I'm, I'm presuming that's because we uh, do that with Cutler or what yes sir it the the con the budget amount covers both material and the the labor and so Cutler's the labor and then the material that's the rest so and if you add a Cutler in the cost would we have any amount or is it zeroed out so um what we do with that with that money, we do a couple of other things. We do some um, uh, my brains. We, we do some rejuvenating. We do okay. that that project as well, where we come down and put an oil on the. Pet. We do crack sealing. We do uh, joints also on concrete pavement, and we do some concrete work. So, so it covers other work as well, and we take advantage of the full amount. That's three things. So, yeah. So it'd be nice to know exactly where we stood with Cutler and the mm -hmm. repaving, so we know what was left for the other projects. I can do a. a Maybe in the Friday highlight, Roy, sure. do a summary? I think it's a Gatsby requirement, right, that. Kevin? <laughs> okay, a motion to uh, approve the reconciliation for the change order number one for quantities of single paving. Motion to approve. Second. Okay, any comments? Hearing none, all those in favor say aye or raise your hand. Aye. Aye. Motion opposed, same sign. Motion carried. Thank you. Okay, uh, that is what? E-H. As ordinance, uh, International Fire Code with recommended amendments. I think the main question was uh, some of the fire code, uh, uh, and by the way, um, we're doing the 2018, and we understand we haven't done one since 12 or whatever it is. 2012, yes. Um, some of it applies to new construction. Some is retrofitting existing in construction. And I guess the question is, if I live in an apartment building, is we, are we going to be condemning certain apartment buildings now because they can't meet the new or it's too expensive? So kind of explain how the application of a new code applies to existing residents or, or apartments or buildings, whatever it is. Uh, it, um, I don't know if Luis wants to go first and talk about the building code, and we get it afterwards, but it, it's one of the same in the sense same, that it's retroactive. Could, I think with the commission, you could do both the housing uh, and the uh, fire code. Okay. Internet, the building code and the fire code, if that's okay with the commissioners, because the same questions, I think. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the way I understand the fire code is all existing buildings must be retrofitted to meet the new code unless we exempt certain portions of the new code. And that's our recommendation is to exempt those sections with the retroactive requirement going to all existing buildings. There's like six different requirements, I think. We're exempting them. We're asking right. that we not adopt that portion. Correct. Of the code. We're exempting. To, yeah. to We're exclude exempting. that section. So that won't apply retroactively. Okay. Correct. Okay. That, does that section include, um, let's say, someone going into a new commercial space? New construction would fall under the new code. Or a remodel of a commercial space. Um, yes. If it's if it's triggering, uh, like, new permits and whatnot, it would come under the new code. Is that like a 75% rule for variance if you're, you know, we have one... In the zoning ordinance, if it's over 75% of the value or whatever, it comes as new construction. What's the, what's the criteria for new construction versus 
Because almost anything's going to require um, a new per building permit. So, so the criteria on that, Mayor Commissioners, is once you change of use of any building, it'll trigger that new requirement. Wow. It's a business, and now you want to convert it into a restaurant, it'll trigger the restaurant requirements. So it's a, it triggers a permit. But if you're going Are from a restaurant to another restaurant, it won't. It won't. Are we required to, to move to the to this new uh, code, or I mean, we haven't we haven't moved on it yet. I mean, why are we why are we doing it now? I guess the the reason for adopting the new codes. Well, of course, uh, one of the main reasons is because of the ISO, the Insurance Service Office. After uh, five years, they come back and do a survey, and a lot of the safety uh, building effectiveness is based on the updated codes. So that's one of the main reasons. We're adopting the code. Are we getting criticized by ISO for, for having the, the 2012? No, no, it's just the, the rating factor that they use. Have other cities already adopted it? Yes. Or are they planning to? City of uh, Brownsville, City of Brownsville, Edinburgh, and I think Mission. Okay. So Edinburgh and Mission have already adopted it? Yes, I think so. They're, no. they're, they wanted to make it effective this year. We're planning to make it effective 2021. One of the criticisms okay. of, of the code is international, and so one size doesn't fit all, and so, yeah. and then number one and number two, it's so, it's, you know, thousands of pages, and so it's difficult for us to take a look, and so we count on you to right. examine it and say, this makes sense, and, you know, I, I always remember the substandard uh, building code as applies mm -hmm. to housing, I could have gone and condemned every house in the city of McAllen because a ripped screen Correct. qualified as not being in compliance on yeah. the screen door or something. Yeah, my concern is just retrofitting the old buildings that are going to be something new for the city, right? If you make it too burdensome or costly, we're going we're gonna to push that type of business out. Like, with this new code, would Salome be Salome? Or would they be required? Would they have They'd a, be required right now in this code. If you change but the what's use the difference in what they had to do versus what they did do, yeah. right? That's mm -hmm. that's uh, I, and I guess we find that out over time. So hopefully, planning right. uh, can bring up those issues as they occur, so we can plan for the future applicants instead of just burdening each yeah. one. Just because right? the current, right. like the existing uh, business owners right now, if that they would, have to comply, then we might have to look into see how long it would, like how much it would be for them to get to quote. And if that's just like an unreasonable amount mm -hmm. for them to get there, then then we might want to consider working with them. So we can well, probably have like a discretionary clause in there. So that way we can just, you know, I think discretion. This, we do that. I, I think so one of the problems with that, does this go to the ZBOA or does it come to us if there's a variance? BBOA. BBOA. Yeah, see, that's the problem with adopting We never see it. It's out of our hands. We don't even have any appellate process. Uh, absence going to court, I guess. So ZBOA, your, your appointments to ZBOA are, very, are B important. BBOA. For both reasons. You don't want them to be too lax, but you don't want them to be overly restrictive. Yeah. And so that's that's the problem. Mm -hmm. Once you adopt this, it, it, uh, any appellate it process in. goes to ZBOA, not us. It'd be the the BBOA, Building yeah. Board of Building Board. Yeah. If I might, Mayor, also, uh, just so you know that Luis and his staff have been looking at these codes for over a year, and they have been instructed to bring any sort of things that would cause undue stress or burden on development to our attention, as did the fire department, and that's why we're recommending exempting. Right. In fact, uh, I told Luis he couldn't retire until he got the new building oh. codes, <laughs> and he's retiring yeah. next month. Actually, so. Luis, Luis, how long have you been with the city? 
I've been here over 30 years, Mayor. So he's done this. Isn't that his first rodeo? <laughs> and what we, what we ask you to balance, safety versus common sense. Is yes, really sir. kind of what that is. So, so one of the practices that we use, of course, we take it before other bodies. Uh, the, the Rio Grande Builders Association, we went to the uh, Architects Association, engineers. We had some public hearings with them online and some even uh, at the library. So the, 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 the feedback was pretty good. I mean, right now, as far as moving up, we've had this code for over five, six years. So a lot of the other cities they're working on are probably newer codes than us. So they're used to the changes. Now in our building code, there's no changes for retroing. And I'm, I hope you understand that we don't retro anything. There was something that came up in the fire marshal's code that they have amended not to include retroing. Okay. Now, Treating everything the same as the building codes we have now. If we adopt it, Mayor, and as we're adopting it with, um, with the exclusions, in the future, can the City Commission make amendments or additions to it? Yeah, yes. yeah, there's a distinction. We can't grant a variance, but we can amend a section. Okay. And so you could always have- I know Michelle understands this issue because she yeah. deals with a lot of applicants <laughs> for planning and building, so. Yeah. If we see stuff, let's address it earlier and say, hey, this could affect people in the future. Yeah. We don't want to push yeah. them out. Right. No, because like, like my, like I work downtown, and oh my God, yeah, the, the, those old buildings. It's just the the one thing. thing after another, and every then single one. <laughs> the air conditioning is for the whole building, and one room is hot, the other one's not. So I mean, yeah, that they do need to keep up to code, but yeah, we do, we do have a lot of those businesses. So let's just be a little cautious with that. Yes, right. Okay. Great. Okay. So any other questions? We could take both um, uh, H and I at the same time, if that's okay with y'all. Sure. Do I have a motion to approve? Make a motion. Motion to approve H and I. Second. Okay, recommendation of staff. All those in favor say aye. Uh, uh, raise your hand and say aye. 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 Opposed, same sign. Motion carried. Thank you. Thank you. And then so we have one other item. So much for a consent agenda. Uh, <laughs> we have M. M is consideration approval resolution to accept uh, FAA AIP number 51 grant. Who um who had that one? I just want to know Everybody if this involves the uh, ten, the irrigation district canal. Oh yeah, or pipe. It, it's the um, runway safety drainage improvements, and yes, uh, Commissioner Samora, it's part of that project. Make a motion to approve. Second. Okay, motion to second. Any further discussion? Hearing none. All those in favor, say aye or raise your hand. Aye. aye. Opposed. Same sign. Motion carried. Okay. Now we're on bids and contract item A, Mr. City. Thank you, Liv. A is consideration approval of change order number one for the 2018 bond group D drainage improvements. Yes, sir. This, uh, these drainage improvements um, are to upsize a 24-inch uh, line to a 36-inch diameter line for the 48th Street and Vine project. The contractor um, is actually almost near completion with the project. And um, we are seeking approval for that change. It'll provide additional capacity in that storm line. Um, and we're keeping the outfall the same size, but we're upsizing um, some of the upstream segments to provide additional capacity. Um, this is at a cost of $19,983.64 and an additional uh, 14 days for a revised contract of $873,006.69 and a total contract time of 344 calendar days. I want to thank uh, Roy Rodriguez for uh, noticing this and for recommending it. I think it's a great idea. It's going to help out Vine 
the area just uh, west of Nikki Row. Best nineteen thousand dollars we'll ever invest. Definitely. So, is that a motion? Does that mean that you don't second. want us to look closer? As a motion, Omar, <laughs> second by JJ. Yes. Okay. Any further discussion? Hearing none. All those in favor, say aye or raise your hand. Aye. Opposed, same sign. Motion carried. B. B is consideration approval of an interlocal agreement with Hidalgo County Drainage District Number One, City of Edinburgh, uh, for improvements at Oak Hill at Villanueva. Yes, sir. The drainage district uh, contacted us regarding participation for this Oak Hill at Villanueva Estate subdivision. The subdivision falls in the City of Edinburgh. However, there is an opportunity to partner because the, ser <coughs> the service area for the storm drain um, benefits the City of McAllen properties. Um, the drainage district coordinated with the uh, developer to upsize or, or oversize that storm line to a 42-inch line. And so that way it will be extended um, at that increased size to 23rd Street. Um, the subdivision is east of 23rd Street um, and south of Chapin Road. They estimate that 83%, the drainage district estimates that 83% of the service area falls within the city of McAllen and 17% falls within the city of Edinburgh. So they're asking for that proportionate share um, of that from the city of McAllen. Um, they were also able to partner the, the drainage district with the developer because they were the ones uh, purchasing that, that storm line. Uh, the cost of the total project is $92,542.93, and that's for the upsizing. And the city of McAllen's portion would be $77,080.96, or 83% uh, of that cost. Uh, staff recommends approval. Motion to approve. Second. Motion in a second. I, I had a couple of ones. Number one, thank you through drainage district, um, commissioner, <laughs> whoever is in charge of that one. Uh, for recognizing that. Thanks for the Ed city of Edinburgh. I think we'll be doing this more and more as both of our cities grow in that common area up 23rd Street and, and all those. I had a question like utility board requires um, developers to pay for um, extension lines. We don't do that in this case or are, would we um, put an assessment on it for future use? So they, they are providing the drainage that they need for their subdivision. It, it's not um, usually no, I'm not talking when about theirs. I'm talking about this benefits other properties within McAllen and haven't been developed yet. Okay, maybe I didn't understand your question then. Well, you have 70% of the proper of the benefit of this drainage line is in the city of McAllen. Yes. Not all that property is developed. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes. Like the utility board, when they extend lines, the developers participate in those extension of lines afterwards. My question to you is, are we going to have any developers participate in this cost to drain their property as they develop it? We can, yes. We can certainly set up a reimbursement agreement That's um, what I would, for it. Yes, yeah. sir. I'm sorry. So I didn't, I didn't understand us. your question. That'll come back to us later. Yes. And now okay. would that be, well, I guess we'll figure it out when we get there. Never mind. I'll ask you later. Okay. It, it's proportionate to the drainage area that connects to it. Right. And we would collect that from future development. Yes, sir. Okay. All right. Uh, so we have a second, a motion and a second. All those in favor say aye or raise your hand. Aye. Aye. Okay. Opposed, same sign. Motion carried. Thank, Thank you. you. 3C is consideration and approval of the contract amendment number 17 with KSA, KSA for the terminal restrooms renovation. Yes, sir. Our department is recommending um, authorization of this contract amendment. The contract amendment um, is in the amount of 99000 it is to be funded 100% with PFC funds, which are collected by the airlines. Um, the contract would be for design development services and the development of construction plans and specifications, as well as construction management once the project is bid out and awarded. 
Um, does anybody have any questions on this item? That's a lot of money. Budget to approve. Yeah. Okay, I have a question. Yes, so I have. that's usually about 8% or 10% of it's the It's about project. 10%. So you're talking about a million dollars for bathroom? A million dollars. Um, for two bathrooms? And well, the, the bathroom area is post-security and pre-security. Uh, but for us, it's really about updating all of the plumbing. And so it's not just a renovation. Uh, of uh, surface area, but rather re redoing all of our plumbing, remembering that the terminal was built in 1993. A lot of that structure has lived its useful life, and we're oh, ready yeah. to improve. You all have never heard that a toilet for the federal government is $100,000? <laughs> well, I was going to get well, Mike. Well, for the city of Manchester, like $100,000 too. We could get Mike's crew to do it for us a lot cheaper. <laughs> and the throne is going to be beautiful. Thank you. Better <laughs> <No. laughs> okay, be made of gold. Just say. <laughs> no, Okay. You know, flush itself and clean you too. I know. 1993, <laughs> that's brand new. Okay, motion and second. We already did. A motion second. All those in favor say aye or raise your hand. Aye. Aye. Opposed, same sign. Motion carried. Thank you. Thank you, Liz. And uh, glad to see you back. Thank you, Kevin. Glad you're back, Liz. Another restroom. Four A's. Four A's. <laughs> oh, man. Parks and Rec Department submitted bid to host oh, no. the 2023 <laughs> Texas Recreation and Park Society Annual Institute. If Good afternoon. COVID, motion to approve. Second. Oh, like okay, motion second to approve. Is it a big deal? We're going to get it? It is. We should. We hosted it in uh, 2015 and people are still talking about it. Okay. So. Excellent. Motion second. All in favor say aye or raise your hand. Aye. 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 Same sign. Motion carried. We're Very talking good. about it because they loved our restroom so much. Yeah. 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 yeah, sure. 5A. It's consideration of a variance request to the required subdivision process at 2560 Trenton Road. Yeah, so this property is on the north side of Trenton, approximately 1,000 feet west of North 23rd. And they closed my PowerPoint. There we go. Uh, Jason zoning is C3 to the north. Come on now. Thank you, sir. There you go. C3 to the north, to the east. Uh, there are some R2 to uh, the south. Uh, this is a 4.74 acre property that is described by meets and bounds. The applicant is uh, Verizon Wireless. Uh, and they're proposing to build a personal wireless service facility, otherwise known as a cell tower. Um, that does require a conditional use permit, and you will see it uh, next month. Uh, the applicant has indicated that the basis for this subdivision request is because it is an unmanned uh, facility and won't have any habitable structures. Uh, the only thing that will be there is an 80-foot um, monopole, which is a cell tower. Uh, there are four options in front of you. We are recommending option two, which is approval of the vari variance request, but specifically just for the structure. Um, any future improvements or any future development of the property would still require the subdivision process. So the subdivision hasn't been built, but how about any surrounding subdivisions? Are they in that area? The whole thing here? The, there's... Right here? I'm not sure if I understand the question. Okay, so some of the surrounding subdivisions, because sometimes cell towers, people don't like them. I don't know why, I, but um, do we have any opposition? Has anybody given you any discussion over any of this? Okay, now I understand the question. So, no, we haven't had um, any 
Yeah, this, this wouldn't be an item to, de to deny it because this is really just talking about whether the they go, they're going to move forward on the subdivision yeah. process. Yes, the conditional use permit. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. you get you get a bite process, at, and that'll be an order. You get a bite at the pr uh, opposition at that point, but this is really not okay. yeah, pertinent to that. Yeah. I move just want to make approve. sure that we don't have later on any. Yeah, the, the motion and second to approve this variance would not preclude us from denying okay. the conditional use permit at a later okay. date. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Motion to approve. Got a motion second. to second. All those in favor, say aye or raise your hand. Aye. Aye. Opposed, same sign. Motion carried. Thank you. B. All right. Uh, so this property is located on the north side of Freddy Gonzalez, approximately 800 feet west of North 10th. Uh, this is for the Villas on Freddy uh, subdivision. It does consist of 29 acres of about 193 uh, multifamily development lots. The applicant is requesting a variance to the sidewalk. Uh, requirements. A sidewalk variance had previously been approved for this subdivision last year and it was based off the walking trail plan that was submitted by the applicant. They have since updated the walking trail plan and so they're really just moving the sidewalks to the other side of the street. If you look at uh, the slide that is up right now, the thick highlights in red um, are where they're proposing to have sidewalks. What was previously um, proposed was having literally the sidewalks on the other side of the street. So they're just moving oh. it. Oh. Uh, we are recommending oh. approval. Again, all they're doing is changing it to the other side of the street. Any motion to approve. Yep. Second. Okay, motion second to approve. All in favor say aye or raise your hand. Aye. Aye. Post same sign, motion carried. I don't even know why that came to us, but it's okay. <laughs> Manager's report, five, 6A, Mr. Rodriguez. 6A is, uh, 6A is take record vote of 2020 proposed tax rate and schedule a public hearing. I'll just briefly say that the new law is taken into effect this year. Uh, it actually changed uh, the, the dates of when we have public hearing for the better, believe it or not. Um, do you want to read the, the memo, uh, Becky, or do you want me to? Just to make sure that, they, that we do what we're supposed to? Sure, I can read it. Okay. So, in order to follow Texas tax code, uh, at today's meeting, y'all need to vote for or against a proposed tax rate. Like Roy said, the tax rate this year is 0 0.495600 per 100 valuation, uh, which exceeds a no new revenue tax rate, which that used to be the effective tax rate, but they changed the name, of course, this year. So, the no new revenue tax rate this year is 0 0.492583. The proposed rate is lower than last year's tax rate, though. That was 0.495677, which is a decrease of 0 0.000077. Uh, by state law, we do have to hold one public hearing. In previous years, we had to hold two public hearings, so that's one good thing. So we have, if we do hold a public hearing, it'll be on September the 14th at 5 p.m. here in McAllen City Hall, third floor. Now, another thing that Senate Bill 2 did this year was you all can adopt the tax rate immediately following the public hearing, which is September the 14th. Hmm. Previous years, we would hold today's meeting, hold the first public hearing, hold the second hmm. public hearing, and then hold a meeting to adopt the tax rate. So, of course, it's based on y'all's recommendation if y'all want to do that. Okay. Well, all I can say is this is another attempt for the state legislature to 
to confuse taxpayers. Yeah. It looks like we're raising tax rate by rate rates lower. And it's also a failed attempt in them to do deal with the appraisal problem, which is their problem and their ability to fix, which they can't barely do. Otherwise, I'd entertain a motion to approve. <laughs> That's well said, Mayor, uh, because in this case, you are actually, if you go with this rate, adopting a lower tax rate than okay. the current tax rate. So th that's the first time, as far as I can tell, for the last 30 years it's ever happened in the city of McAllen. If you go to the second page, just to tell you how onerous this new increased tax rate is, very quickly, the, the notice of public hearing on tax increase, which is the second memo, look at how, what the voter approval tax rate is and what the no new rate tax is. So the proposed tax rate is 49.56. For you to go above 50-52, you would need voter approval. Less than a penny, you would need voter approval. So we recommend you approve a tax rate of 0 0.495600. Motion to approve. Second. Now it must be by record vote. So. Okay. So ready? Um, we'll start uh, with Omar. Approve. On four. Veronica. JJ. Four. Sebi? Four. Javier? Four. Tanya? Four. Me? Approve. Okay. Unanimous. And while we're picking on the state legislature, let me say that a record, every vote we ever take is a record vote. What they meant to say was a roll call vote, but they don't even know the difference in those two things. So. <laughs> oh, I see. It's a roll call vote. That's right. I'm and not we, picking on them. So one last thing. We will be scheduling the public hearing for Monday, September the 14th at 5 p.m. here in the same uh, room at uh, McAllen City Hall, third floor. Yeah. Thank well, you, Becky. I okay. might also point out something that um, we have to have uh, a, a vote of the people. We have to call our own election if we raise taxes by more than 3% under a, their formula, which is kind of m messed up. And yet, at the same token, 100% of our Avalon taxes goes to pay police and fire, public safety. And our tax, you know, um, our sales tax are down significantly. Our bridge is down significantly. And so we have to rely on that. What if we couldn't afford our police and fire because of the taxes? We couldn't even raise them. And I think that was, you know, and the, and the governor said, and the uh, uh, lieutenant governor, that anybody tries to defund, and I don't, they didn't define that, police uh, departments would be, um, have their taxes frozen. And when you think about that, with, with what they've done to tie our hands with tax rates in this pandemic, and, um, and what most cities pay for their police and fire, that's really um, uh, begging the question, I think, of what you could do. But otherwise, I'm fine. Thank, Thank you. you. 6B is a presentation of speed hump installation policy. Uh, Mayor and Commission, um, we've been trying to move the items as fast as we can on workshops, so we decided to start putting some on the regular agenda so we can get to them. Well, in that case, while they're setting up, let me go to 6D, 
Uh, if that's okay, Mayor, Commissioners, sure. uh, report on CARES Act funding. This is a request to uh, put it on the uh, every agenda so that you all are apprised as to what's going on with our applications. Um, you all saw this last week during a budget meeting. It, that number has not changed. We have officially submitted uh, the $16.3 million application with, with backup information uh, to be reimbursed for the entire amount. However, to date, we have received $3,266,000 uh, with a balance of, uh, from that of, six, of $13,066,000. So, uh, like I said, that's similar to what you saw last week. On the 2021 public safety, that number did change a little bit because of the two items that we took to budget and you all agreed to include. Um, that was uh, the IT cost for the Wi-Fi and the uh, pension cost for the firefighters. So it leaves a small balance. We still uh, are suggesting we do what we talked about as far as uh, funding the Development Corp once we fund public safety. And in addition to that, I want to take my hat off again to Yvette Balderas and her staff and Michelle. Uh, they're already working on an additional application uh, that we will submit to the county and hopefully get some of that incremental money that they, they still have. If you have any questions, I'll be glad to try to answer. I have a question. Uh, we got a report from the chamber that there were some that applied and the funds had run out. I, it seemed like a relatively small number. Uh, I, I would think that we might wanna pick that up at the next uh, meeting, uh, especially if we get a little bit more of the, little more assurance from the county that we're gonna get the full 16 and maybe some more. Uh, I mean, I don't think we're talking about a whole lot of money that the chamber's looking at that's still out applications received that were that were pending so we might want to take a look at that at the next meeting okay sounds good uh we can go back to 6b presentation of speed hump installation policy uh good evening mayor and city commission my name is marlene garza i'm the interim assistant city engineer i'm going to be going over the uh, speed hump installation policy um, this is a policy that is available under the traffic operations website under standards and policies. Uh, the last time it was updated w uh, by the traffic commission was October the 14th of 2016. Oh, okay. Oh. Um, some of the goals with the policy uh, are just uh, effective and appropriate uh, device or the installation of an effective and appropriate device to safely reduce vehicle speeds on certain types of streets um, and to make sure that some of these speed humps that are installed are in accordance with proper engineering guidelines. Also, this policy gives residents and property owners uh, most affected by the driver activity an opportunity particip to participate in a program that is able to impact the safety of their neighborhood. Uh, under the eligibility requirements of this policy, um, this is uh, straight from the policy. Uh, 
the uh, the road has to be a low residential or the road has to serve low residential dwellings only um, a minimum of two-third household participation along the street segment um, is required the uh, street must have a speed limit of 30 miles per hour that's typical of a residential street uh, vehicle speeds must be five miles per hour or greater over the posted speed limit street segments must be a thousand foot segment and then that kind kind of just helps with uh, the um, when we're trying to pick up the information on the study uh, volumes must must be more than 300 vehicles per day um, must be no more than one moving lane of, of traffic in each direction and that's also um, very uh, reflective of a residential roadway uh, streets must have a minimum of a 30 foot to 44 foot uh, maximum roadway width street street must not be part of the thoroughfare plan it must not be a, it must be a traveled uh, traveled or paved traveled way and it can't be an alley a parking lot commercial service drive um, streets must not have curves or grades that prevent the safe placement of a speed hump speed hump placement can only be within city right city right away and not pri private property school zones are not eligible due to pedestrian vehicle conflict movements um, once a study has been done and we are able to gather information we share the information with the residents and give them an idea of what the cost share looks like if the uh, if the speeds are between 35 to 36 miles per hour the residents cost share for the construction of the speed hump is at hundred uh, percent between 37 and 38 67 and if it's over 40 miles per hour the city pays um, pays for the entire cost of that installation uh, under speed hump and removal and alteration uh, speed hump removal or alteration alteration uh, is requested by the re re residents and it is at a two-thirds participation as well and it has to be along that segment as well uh, requesters that requesters do bear the cost of that removal and or alteration uh, here are a couple of changes in uh, implementing the policy under the policy there is a requirement for payment of the speed humps if the payment for those speed humps is not received within six months of a final agreement that we execute uh, with the uh, people particip or the neighborhood participating in the uh, request and construction of the uh, speed humps then um, or the current policy references a year what we want to do is we want to shorten that that length of time one of the things that we've seen is that we run the study and we let the people who applied know uh, what the results are and most of the times when they know that the that the uh, that the residents have to pay a hundred percent of of that cost for the speed humps we see um, very little participation thereafter um, so one of the things in, in shortening that period, it kind of gives them like a deadline so they have to decide and uh, give us an idea of should we keep working on it or should we just kind of put it on hold. 
another item that we wanted to also change was the um, the limit of time in which we can get a signed agreement. Uh, the current policy doesn't have any restrictions on when the participants have to sign it. So by placing a restriction, that kind of helps the traffic department to get an idea of if they're interested or not. Uh, and then we kind of just archive that ar application if they're not interested. Uh, there is a processing fee referenced in the policy, but it doesn't give an amount. And I had the staff put together kind of an idea of what it would cost to get a, a traffic study done for a request through the speed hump policy. And um, it was close to $300, so that would be a change that we would like to add just so that it's reflective of what it typically costs to get um, something like this going with the application. And that is it. At this time, I'll take any questions. I had a question. What's the um, average number of participants, you know, roughly is 10 houses, 10, 10 um, residents? What's the average on that, you know? Yes, on, on, the, on the application, we do have 10 people, and that's kind of reflective of the average amount of yeah. participants we would need to get that, that uh, study going. I was going to say, if it was like a full subdivision, if you had them similar to what they do for neighborhood improvements, if they signed up and let the water utility charge X amount, but it has to be something reasonable, probably too expensive to do it through that, especially if you only have about 10 applicants to do it. Mm -hmm. Well, I have a couple concerns about this one. So um, what's like the average cost that, like let's say the neighborhood will have to pay for the speed bump? Uh, it depends on, so once the, once the uh, study's done and the residents know, you know, you're going to have to uh, pay for, for the speed humps, we'll determine how many are needed and along, you know, depending also on that segment, we'll determine how many or what the spacing is because then that will kind of also limit the amount. Do you know, Yvette, more or less? So it's been a while. I, I want to clarify something though, Commissioner. So, uh -huh. so. When they do the study, if the speed hump is warranted, we pay for it, yeah. okay? If uh -huh. the speed hump is not warranted and the community still wants it, then the residents pay for it. Okay, so what would make the speed bump warranted? Is it the number? It mean, like it mean, that it like meets these? all of that criteria. It would be the, the speed out, But also the, uh, the speed the cars are moving in. So if they really want the city to pay for it, just tell them to go in circles really fast. <laughs> 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 we had somebody do that. <laughs> well, the thing is, and we don't have anything like in the like in the new subdivisions where we're asking them to have speed bumps in the residential. No, one thing we are doing is when we're looking at a residential subdivision, we're getting an idea of how long that street is. If that street is too long, we start kind of making some comments to the engineer, like you may want to uh, think about curving it or, or doing doing some kind of traffic calming kind of ahead of, you know, before they go to construction to kind of get that, um, or reduce the the possibility of having a request within that segment because one of the things that we do see is along long segments that are straightaways, that's where you see a lot of the speeding because they're straightaways. But if you add up like a curve, it kind of helps reduce speed because mm -hmm. then people kind of think about going slower. <laughs> I'll tell you this, I think, well, 
I think all the residential uh, locations should have speed bumps. Just because we have the kids. No, I'm not kidding. I'm <laughs> not all like, of them. No, 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 no. Okay, if we are putting it along the, the, the school, okay, or if it's, let's just say it's in, in, in a neighborhood. If you're, if you're in a neighborhood where, where there's kids and, and around and there's parks around, I'm sorry, but I think the, the subdivision should have speed bumps. But one of the issues is, is not around schools. Why not around schools? Um, because you have a crosswalks and you don't want to you don't want to like draw attention through a speed hump and then there be a crosswalk kind of nearby you kind of throw the drivers off and so in one of the uh one of the uh require or it just it, it, the policy references vehicle pedestrian conflicts and we don't want to run into because my thing let's those. just say like okay fine but like in La Barba, we had the whole thing with the lights, right? And what did we find out? That the lights were very spread apart. And then, yeah, we had our, we had the, our residents, you know, complaining about the lights and stuff like that, where they just got tired of complaining because nobody ever listened. So now we're fixing that. So now if this is a, a, a problem that we're eventually going to end up having, why not have the residential, the new development at, ask them like every so often if it's, I don't know, between this, you need to add a speed bump. But when you say subdivision, usually you're talking about an enclosed neighborhood, right, with only usually one access, maybe two access. The reason you don't need that is because usually the speeding occurs when people are going through neighborhoods that connect parts of town. Subdivisions are loops. Oh, but there we so go. That was a perfect example, and it warns them. It connects between 23rd and Ware Road, and people come out flying from Ware Road well, to 23rd. Well, because it two main streets. So it, yeah, but this whole procedure is totally against 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 everybody in the in district four. Like one, we do have the streets that are thirty-five to thirty-six, and I get it. Now they have to pay a hundred percent. But you're talking, we have La Barboa, that's a huge neighborhood, and literally their streets are super long, and so is La Hermosa. They're super long, and honestly, I think we should make an exception. That's all I want. I want to make an exception so we can put these uh, speed bumps. Because honestly, like. I get it, but to go and, and ask that because we've made those corridors from well, from 23rd to, to... Can I make a suggestion? Uh, where road? Because that's probably, at a minimum, it's a collector, if not an arterial yeah. going across there, which is a huge no-no for speed bumps. Yeah, so... Because you're to, trying to move traffic, so... Yeah, but we have schools there in the middle, too, off so of I, What I would suggest that we consider, and we're going to need funding for... Is, is speed calming, which is the, the circles. Um, that does that. That slows down traffic, but it doesn't bring them to a stop. And that's what you don't want to do in a collector is you don't want to put – you don't want to get traffic to, to, to get to stops because you become very, very inefficient. For a little more patrolling for a while. Because, yeah, because uh, the speed, limit, the, the speed limit may say 35, and people are going 40, 50. And because the speed limit is 35, we're going to be asking our residents to pay for it when we're the ones that created that, that, that scenario in the first place. There, there's your solution right back there if there's yeah. only 50 and a 35 right there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, get, oh, get but yet, yet, we don't, but yet, we, then I get, oh, no, well, we don't get that much surveillance in, in the south. It's the same thing. So, I, Are we looking at uh, uh, circles? In that area, because we've talked uh, about yes, it. Yes, we are looking at at traffic calming in those areas that that the commissioner just referenced. Yes, because okay. there's certain areas. It's not just yeah, and like in Hermosa, thank so God we're getting the lights, but people just run, like 
speeding down, down, down the street. And trust me, some people, they, they don't want to say because it's their own neighbors. They don't say, <laughs> okay, fine. We're, we're, they don't want to say it. But, I mean, I'll, I'll do it. I'll say well, it. The other hard part is make sure, making sure you get enough residents on board because we've had an issue where someone in the neighborhood wants Well, they it. don't get on board because they have to sense. pay for it 100% no, because no, no. Before, it's thir from 35 there, to 36. People, That's why I don't want, they don't want to participate. Some people in the neighborhood don't want it on their street. They really don't. Yeah, and, and, and Sebi brings up a good point. One of the reasons why uh, we have that two-thirds participation is because sometimes we'll get one person asking, hey, I want speed humps along this roadway, but if they try to go and get signatures from people who actually want it, not everybody will sign. So, and so then that's where, that's where we run into the most... Uh, problems or issues is trying to get trying to see those speed humps through but not not everybody wants it and then there's certain requirements with those speed humps they have to be a certain distance from the driveway and like in new subdivisions uh, where sometimes we'll get requests and there's some lots that don't even have driveways already so it's really hard to um, it's really hard to enforce it once a new subdivision is, is already or is newly constructed. So we're trying to do the traffic calming, at least on that end, for new subdivisions. Where do we, but where do we come up with the cost sharing formula? Yeah, why it just we seems it just seems like uh, yeah, it's encouraging, you know, people to, to speed through there. Yeah. And um, it, you know what I'm what I worry about is is the kind of the one off guy who speeds through a, a neighborhood not the average being you know five five mile per hour over because it, it rarely is but it's it's that one guy you know who, who's just a, a ha, has a fast vehicle and just goes by in a subdivision and he's always doing that that that's my, more of my concern right i have a guy in my subdivision that goes and does little donuts that, every that, night that's less of my concern i'm more concerned when the masses of vehicles going through a certain street are speeding not when one right. guy is speeding. Well, we we all have different concerns then, but my my issue there is with the cost sharing. You know, the formula just doesn't seem like it's it's the best formula. I don't know if we can look at a different formula or uh, e even the thousand foot segment. If we're gonna if we're gonna keep that thousand foot se segment and and not have any. Um, we, we can't go to, if, if, if a street is 950 feet, you know, we're not going to make any exceptions, then, you know, I think that's going to be a little onerous. Our average ask for speed bumps every year. Well, yeah, we can put like a little like a little speed bump pump uh, pot. Uh, well, I've, I've been at the traffic department since May. I want to say I've seen about two or three in the couple of months that I've been there. So uh, I don't know, maybe like 10 on average. Do you? A year? About, like a year, a year, a request. Well, okay. I get a lot of calls and they always tell me that they don't, they, they're, they're just tired of asking for them. Yeah. And, I'm, and many, now I see why. How many of those do we actually go out and investigate? Because I do know that there has to be an actual, you know, you have to have so many cars go through there a day and speed. How many of those do we actually go out and investigate? And how many of those do we actually put a speed bump? <laughs> do you know? Well, you know, could you find that out for us and give us that information? Since I know you the, per the percentage that qualify, I guess. Yeah, let's find out about that. Because okay. I know because that I agree with the with like the neighborhood being okay with it. But I one, I think the formula is, you know, 
don't know. Yeah, it's encouraging people to but speed. Could, as you said, so we could always wait. Be like, speed the, mo speed the most on the 35, and trust me, your neighbors won't do anything about it because they got to pay for it. So right. well, that's just instance, sending the wrong message. Well, Dallas you know, the, the way that I tried... Every go ahead, request... Go ahead, Every request. Go go ahead, Commissioner. Me? Yes. Oh, I was just going to say Dallas is a perfect example. It's an extremely wide street, and there's never anyone around there. And I know that they go back and forth, and they do speed because of the width of the street. I know that they've asked, and they have not passed the ordinance. So it just it's just all depends. It's a well. Think about that. I mean, think about speed bumps on Dallas. Mm -hmm. Or business eighty three or tenth or pecan, mm -hmm. I mean yeah, it just doesn't make sense to have them yeah, no, on those. Right. Yeah, but pecan is completely different. Pecan doesn't have houses like like yeah, right there next to it. Yeah, but yeah. not the whole street all the way to the end. Well, I mean, pecan? there's a line where you've got to draw of where to have it and where not to have it. Anything mm -hmm. above a residential street is just not recommended. I mean, that's from. A hundred years of engineering study. So what I suggest is that we look at these others. They are better looking. They're more pleasing to the eye. It slows down the traffic. And what I'm going to suggest is let's bring a map of, of areas that we're looking at doing that so that we help. Because it has been requested time and time again. Mm -hmm. And let's see where we're, we're looking at doing these circles. Yeah, and then there's okay. also one that has like the, the, the arrows going north, like east or west, and then they have like just like a little. But cir cir circles oh, are just going to help with, with these arterials, right? <laughs> I mean. Right, right. On, on residential, absolutely. If it's a residential street in a subdivision, uh, speed humps are okay uh, if the, if the um, citizens are asking for it. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, why don't we bring this back to a workshop since we've got so many questions and so much input for this exact. I'll go get the signatures, this but was a, I don't like know if it's like, oh, no, I'm going to get the yeah. signatures, and guess what? You're going to have to pay for it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I'm not, I'm not okay with that. Okay, we'll bring it I'll back. I'll go get the signatures. Okay. I, like that. <laughs> I haven't said anything. I just have one minute. <laughs> Let's review, shall we? Circles, Uvalde and Benson. Does anybody recall that? Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. How long did that last? Not very long. Well, it okay. I'm just saying, but that, but that little hill, we, that little hill out, was a terrible. Yes, because of the hill, it was dangerous. I know. I mean, I know exactly what, what you're this? talking about. Oh, I thought that was that was beautiful. I love it. It was worked. beautiful, but it the problem slow traffic up. down. But it was People the complained. You're introduced to the city commission. The city commission said, "Take it out." Right. Take it out. My problem but with it, that intersection like is that the property lines of the masonry fences out of the three uh, corners blocked the view. And so people were still slowing down. And I remember having to slow down because I wasn't sure if the other vehicle that was at 90 degree angle to me, if there was a vehicle there to begin with, because the masonry wall blocked my vantage point. In an area where maybe it's controlled with a yield device as opposed to a stop sign, a circle might be more appropriate because it's more open. There's no obstruction. And in that particular instance with Uvalde and Benson, you have block uh, measuring walls right up to the sidewalk and, and, and you can't have a really good vantage view of the intersection. That's you should have taken down the walls. I was actually against that, that little circle because of the... 
the little down thing. No, I swear. To, I mean, I, I don't go down the street all the time. It's just you're going and goes, phew, and then, you, yeah. Wasn't that. Okay. It was against that. <laughs> <laughs> mercy. We're asking for mercy. <laughs> we'll cross that road when we get to it. Okay. Uh, next up is project status report. In a short version of it. <laughs> Reader's Digest version. Okay, clip notes. Reader's Digest version, you got it. So we have uh, seven overall projects. No, uh, it's still not here. It should be on the. But the council. He copied it over already. Um, the first project is Bicentennial Boulevard extension from Trenton to 107, Ooh. Contractors Texas Cordia. Um, they have, uh, they continue to do work with the project installing a drainage line. Um, and working on the concrete headwalls north of the irrigation uh, drainage district number one main canal. Um, they're also working on roadway excavation, subgrade stabilization, flex space between that canal and Sprague, and also working on the um, noise barrier, the first noise barrier foundation north of Trenton. Uh, Frontera intersection um, has also been uh, completed. And so the contractor continues to do work. He's mo they're moving along. Um, we're running into some, some issues, and you may have seen um, some, a notice go out about uh, pedestrians and sure. um, people walking their dogs or running uh, through the construction zone. We're asking for some assistance from our residents to avoid the construction zone because it's very dangerous. They're not expecting people to be in that area. They're working with heavy machinery, and um, it could lead to, to accidents. And so we're asking for help from our residents to stay out of those areas. They're throughout. They're they're using it to like to walk, to jog. I was guilty before, but not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> now you're changed. Completely you're, changed. You're now inspecting you're the progress. <laughs> the next the next project is the Kennedy Avenue Roadway Drainage Improvements (RDH) construction. This is between Ware and Benson. Construction con uh, work continues in that area. There's a deep sanitary sewer line um, that's being worked on. And um, they have had a little bit of a slowdown uh, due to personnel, and we expect that they're going to be able to address that and, and pick that project back up. The next project that we have is a 29th Street project construction, and the section that they're working on is between Sprague and 107. They had a completion date um, of August 12th. They've run into some issues with uh, partly with some weather and partly with some uh, driveway configurations. Um, they do anticipate to be complete um, mid-September. And we're scheduling um, an opening or a ribbon cutting for the project as well. They are working on paving between that segment, uh, working on the north near 107, and then working their way south. There's also a, um, another contractor working on Sprague for MPU, and so they're coordinating with them as well so they can get um, that um, intersection built. So they're going to wait to do that paving uh, till the end to give them as, as much time to, to the coordinate. Still September 12th, though? Finished? Everything's finished? I think we have the, the 12th, but I think we have the 25th if I'm not mistaken, as uh, the date for the ribbon cutting. We're still coordinating that exact date. I was out there on the 12th. Nobody was there. Go ahead. Oh, <laughs> 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 oh of August. <laughs> Sorry. The um, Taylor Road uh, project, I've added this uh, to the list. It is a project that's under design. We are um, coordinating with the City of Mission. They are the lead entity. The project is in two phases. Phase one is from I-2 to business, and phase two is from uh, business to daffodil. And we're going to be presenting this each, each meeting just to give you an update and, and provide a more uh, detailed report. They're in the right-of-way acquisition phase. They're approximately, I want to say, like 90% done with the design. 
um, and they're working on the um, right-of-way acquisition and utility relocations. So we'll, we'll have a, a more detailed update for you in the, the next meeting. We'll also uh, be adding the um, daffodil project as well to the update. It will be under design, but that way we can give you uh, status on that as well. Let me cast Real a first stone. Are we going to have turning bays at the major intersections off Taylor? I will confirm with the city mission. I'll, I'll get that um, get get that answer for you. All right, thank you. That's a good point. Instead of waiting for five years and spending three times as much to do them. Yes, sir. Exactamundo. Yes, sir. The next project, Hidalgo um, International Bridge Federal Motor Carrier Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration Inspection um, Canopy continues with electrical, plumbing, and mechanical um, finishes that are ongoing. They're um, started tile work in the restrooms, um, installing the fans. They had some delays due to COVID um, from uh, suppliers and staff, so we're uh, working with them to get that project finished out. We also have the um, Public Works Automotive Warehouse Expansion that's essentially complete. We're waiting on the elevator, uh, and those, they had some delays with the, the delivery of the elevator, but um, the majority of the work, let me go back, is primarily complete. Those are the lifts um, that, that we provided. They're also working um, grading out there as well, and so, um, as soon as the elevators get done, we'll be completed with this project. Or the elevator gets done. Th these are um, our bond drainage improvement projects. Uh, this is the project at uh, 12th and Esperanza by RDH. Um, the project has actually been complete. We did a, a final walkthrough, so the pictures, because of, of the timing, um, are a little bit behind, but just an update. This is one of those five projects that have already been completed. And um, also under construction, we have uh, the project at Dove, um, well, program for construction. Dove from 10th to 2nd Street will be providing updates as far as when they're going to start working on those uh, closures. Um, we also have the project at Vine and 48th, as I mentioned earlier. Um, they are near completion with that project. Um, and that contractor castle is moving on to Gardenia and 25th Street, and then also the North 43rd Street stormwater bypass. I had a request. Could you put on the, there the um, interchange because it's going to affect us Second Street all the way over to the city limits, and the new interchange in Far. Could you yes. put that on the agenda so we know what's going on? There's going to be closures, et cetera, and all that. Yes, sir. And then I have one, another request on bicentennial for planning. When we finish bicentennial at the expressway, we ought to look at zoning that eastern portion between the expressway and up to Lindbergh, whatever would be appropriate because that's going to change, completely change that um, area of town. Right. That what residential right now? Yeah, yeah. yes ma'am. As part of the comp plan or prior, prior to? I would just, when we open it up, we ought to just do it and get all the neighbors together to do that because it makes no sense to keep it residential at a major intersection. The property values are... Right. They may want to, they may want to combine lots or whatever. We ought to give them some help on there because we are really changing the nature of that location. Yvette, could we also add Ware Road? I sent an email out two or three weeks ago to Jesus Garcia, the PE out there, and I understood that the original or projected completion date was going to be the end of summer, and I thought he replied now in November of 2020, but I'd like to see if we can get up, you know, at least monthly updates on that. Yes, sir. I, I do request them from TechSot. I'll follow up. Um, when I don't receive them, I there isn't much that I can um, update on, but I'll, I'll, I'll do uh, more diligence to get updates from them. All right, greatly appreciate it. Thank you, Vic. Okay, that it? That's Thank it. you very much. Thank you. Next one is Parks and Rec, Mike. 
Good evening once again. I have a few projects I want to share with you, and I'll be happy to answer any questions you may have. The, uh, first, the first one is a restroom, right? The first on your list is a Always. restroom. 40-year-old restroom that uh, has been rehabilitated. This is at uh, Suarez Park. $100,000 to renovate. <laughs> it's 40 years old. It's 40, 40 years old, $50,000. And basically what we did, we were, we were able to rehabilitate it and added a family bathroom. It's, uh, it's a beautiful structure. Uh, we've done a lot of the concrete work, replaced fixtures, replaced some of the plumbing. And here's an image there that uh, th it's a lot taller than it seems. I stretched it out just so that it would look like a, like a full view. But uh, lots of work, thanks to our team with CDBG, is being done uh, at, at this particular park. This is a uh, playground that's $74,000 worth of equipment. Wow. And most of this work is being done by our staff in-house as well. Yeah, I Ruth think uh, kids go down, multiple kids go down the slide or something? Yeah, I saw that. Yes, yes, they can. Yes, they can. And, and one of the, I think, let's see, this particular playground, no, it's the next one, it's this one. One of the beauties of this particular playground, it's the first ADA compliant, and uh, this playground, I think, was built uh, in the mid-80s, and it was the first of its kind in the valley back at the time. We completely renovated it, restored it, and I think uh, Commissioner Quintanilla may have asked, you know, what is staff doing now that uh, we don't have special events? These are some of the things that our staff are doing. We're not contracting. Uh, we are basically doing that. this <laughs> in-house. Excellent question. Excellent question. Wow. Excellent. So uh, we are grateful for the opportunity grass. that CDBG has offered with all this funding. Cause, uh, so Mike's going to have a cover? No, sir. Not at this time. <laughs> They have small covers and individual pieces, but we'll be happy to put it in for funding for next budget year. You know what? Uh, I went to a person's house, and they had this, like, like over it. They had this, like, huge, like, tent over it. It looks real, and it looks very, like, cheap. They're, they're beautiful structures. They're very expensive. We have them along our Bicentennial and uh, Benson and even Second Street uh, hike and bike trail. And we could look at adding some. Uh, they're, they're costly, and obviously uh, with any you know, wind zone, even though they're supposed to resist winds of up to 90 miles an hour, but during Good. Hannah, we had yeah. over close to $400,000 in replacement of nets that uh, you'll see very soon. Six months out of the year, they won't be able to use them. So. Something to think about. This is the, the playground in the same park on the west side. This Actually, next project is Retama Park Improvements. Uh, this w staff uh, is basically what they did is renovated the basketball court. We're adding some exercise equipment and basically a trail. The, on the left side, you'll see the different stations, uh, and I'll show you a picture of the elements. And this is also CDBG funding for this particular project. Fair station there to do push-ups? <laughs> we can do push-ups anytime, any place. We don't need the equipment. <laughs> Is that well, a challenge? I heard no. a challenge in play. I think Mr. Zamora is challenge. interested in the 22-day challenge. Continue, Mike. I'm sorry to the Mike, the one we just talked about uh, without the cover, is there space like for the, the sun sets in, on the west? Yes, sir. So uh, what about trees? This particular park, Suarez, yeah. uh, has a lot of trees, a lot so of mature trees. What about on the west side of that structure? We can look at putting in some more trees just closer west, closer to right. that structure for, for, for that purpose. And see even some yeah, good-sized trees. There's a picture of the shade. Yeah. So what time is this? We need to <laughs> go then. No, because uh, the holidays after noon go to the, to yes, the west. Yes, sir, it is. 
this next picture is also a CDBG project. This is in uh, District 6. We were able to add, and this was done by staff in-house as well, LED lights to the tennis courts at Travis. It's, uh, you may notice, obviously, that was another uh, remnant of uh, Hannah there, but uh, staff fixed that as well. The, uh, the, the fencing received some minimal damage, but that was repaired. Uh, this is how the lights look at night, and oh, uh, it's a beautiful place, and obviously now it's well lit and safe for everybody to play. Beautiful project. Thank you, Mike. Uh, thank you, ma'am. Uh, Morris Park, this is a trail that is substantially complete, final grading, and uh, some minimal things are, be, are left to be done, but by the end of the week, this will be a complete project. And uh, you'll notice some of the concrete. Most of, most of our trails are asphalt. Uh, the concrete here is uh, to be able to, I guess, uh, allow our public works team to work on the RDF without damaging the asphalt. Their equipment is heavy, and in teaming up with our engineering department, this is a recommendation they made, and obviously it'll, it'll be something that'll save a lot of money in the future with minimal damage anytime they service the RDF. I'm like, I know people are using it, but are they supposed to be using it already? Yes, sir. Is it okay? yeah. Any work that's being done at this time is, is minimal. It's final grading, so there's no issues. We, we have a lot of folks that are already enjoying it and making that connection to the uh, Bicentennial Trail. This here is another bathroom that's being done by staff at uh, La Vista. We have uh, two bathrooms that are being done at the same time. It'll be La Vista and Cascade. We'll contract uh, the rough-in plumbing and the cinder block. Everything else is going to be done by our staff. Which is the one on La Vista? Where, where is that? It, it is right south, I'm sorry, right south of the uh, rental pavilion. Do you see the, the, air, the cursor moving left and right? Yeah, yes. It, okay, it, that's the rental pavilion uh, that, that's right off of La Vista and First. And this area here will serve anybody who's renting the oh, pavilion okay. Okay, and yes. enjoying the park. Okay, perfect. Yeah, Thank it's, you. It serves both. Yes, sir. Okay, thanks. Okay, and that red image there shows uh, one of the things we'll have to do is do a ADA-compliant sidewalk so that anybody who's at the park and uh, might be needing uh, assistance or if they're transporting via wheelchair, they'll have access to the bathroom. Also District 6. Thank you, Mike. The uh, next project here is uh, Retiree Haven. This is in District 4. And this is uh, basically an RDF that is now going to serve as a uh, walking trail. We have staff that's been working. They did contract the uh, concrete work, but uh, you'll see our staff with uh, installing the shade structures, installing pavers, which is what this image here shows. We had uh, $83,000 for this particular project, and there's the, this is one of the shade structures, like Commissioner Villalobos was mentioning. This is a small one, and they work really good, but uh, this is... Uh, basically what uh, has been done to this date. I'd be happy to answer any questions if you have any. I have a comment. Thank you very much. I was out there maybe like oh, two, three days ago or something, and they were like, Tanya, they already started over there. I'm like, oh, yes, they have, yes. It's almost so thank done. you very much, Michelle. I know how much you worked on this. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you very much. Oh, Mike, you said you had uh, a lot of repairs. We didn't see them in here. The uh, shade structures? Yes, we had uh, shake structures <laughs> along uh, McAllen Sports Park. We had the youth baseball field and along uh, Municipal Park, 2nd Street. A lot of them were damaged uh, due to strong winds. It, were those, were you those? didn't take any down before? We, to be honest with you, we didn't take many of them down. Uh, the wind wasn't expected. We, didn't, okay. we, we weren't prepared for the strength and, and basically what Hannah had to, to offer dur during its visit to, to McAllen. 
Were those made to withstand that wind or greater? Yes, sir. It's right? uh, yeah. A, a lot of it had to do with the you know I I believe the ones we had were 90 mile per hour wind resistance. Uh, some of it was uh, just a combination of age and wear and tear, and then others were just uh, you know the rain and many things. Some of them are being repaired, but a lot of them are going to have to be replaced. Okay. It was just a long time because the wind was on for a long time. <laughs> I know, but if they're made to withstand. Do we have any warranty on those products? Yeah, that's it. No, no. No, sir. <laughs> no. Wind resistance, the key word there, resistance. <laughs> resistance. Uh, oh, now that we that know. <laughs> but they look very nice. That concludes my report. Thank you. Okay, uh, subdivision, monthly report. Yes, sir. So we had uh, five new subdivisions submitted and one recorded. Brought here. There. They were three residential, one commercial, and one industrial. Uh, the first one up is Esmeralda Subdivision, uh, one lot residential on 8th and Beach. Uh, next up is Garcia Estates, uh, three lot residential on 29th and uh, Gumwood. Morales lots 1A, 1B, 1C, and 1D is a four lot commercial subdivision, just over four acres, that's on Seven Mile, just east of Stewart. Via Torre Estates will be 41 lot uh, residential sub. Thanks. Uh, at eight and a half acres. And then we have Warehouse Kingdom in the south, uh, South 23rd the Military, that is a one lot, 11 acre industrial uh, subdivision. Our one subdivision that was recorded uh, 108 lots is cobblestone subdivision uh, phase one. Questions? I did change it to fiscal year as you requested. Yes. Mayor? Thanks. <laughs> no Appreciate worries. it. Give you a better picture of where we are. Of, yeah. yeah, I got you. <clears throat> Doing really well on that. Do you, do you know what plans they have for that corner of 23rd and military? All that is going to be residential. It's going to be some more warehouses. Yeah, but are they putting like another something? Well, are they leaving the corner just for future? No, it, it's part of a greater development that's going to happen. Oh, I see. Yeah. I see what you mean. Okay. Yeah, because that, man, that pop, mm -hmm. I'm excited about that. That's been there for a long time. Okay, future agenda item. I noticed on the first um, two pages it's all Zamoras and Ramirez. Mm -hmm. yeah. You're welcome. Well, I'm sorry we like to participate and be engaged. Okay. You're welcome. Uh, so anybody got any ads or? <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> I think last. You're right. Holy mackerel. Last time. I think last time we asked if anybody had priorities to let them know, and apparently Commissioner Zamora Ramirez did that. Yeah, we sure did. <laughs> so anyways, I would do the same thing and recommend, if you, anybody has any recommendations, let Roy know that you'd like to move them up. I think we've pretty well got the list. Um, right, yeah, I'm going to try to uh, incorporate them into the regular agenda also. Uh, to, recapitu to recapitulate a, a meeting or two ago, maybe at a workshop with regards to our fallen police officers from our police department. Uh, mm -hmm. Have we had any additional items or discussion on that from staff? I think they're doing the plan. If you're talking about uh, naming something, I think they're working on that right now. Okay. 
Very yeah. good. And get your report. And then on the UTRGV Medical School, I asked um, Dr. Krause to do that, and he should have that um, for the next meeting. I guess um, Omar had that question. Yes, great, thank you. Yeah. Okay, so any, unless you had any particulars moved up. Um, I was gonna add some stuff, but you'll, we'll handle these first. Okay, great, thanks, Tom. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, that's future agenda items. Uh, table items, will you take the zoning board of adjustment appointment off? Uh, yes. Commissioner, Commissioner Villalobos, are you ready to do that appointment? Yes, it's, uh, I forgot his name and I can't see, this is Sosomo. It's uh, <laughs> the, your nomination was for Juan Jimenez, he Correct. was alternate number two and we're moving him up. And that would leave uh, uh, alternates two, three, and four vacant and we're recommending that Hugo Davila, Rogelio Rodriguez, and Rebecca Milan get uh, appointed as alternates to places two, three, and four. Okay, I'll make a motion to remove from the table. Okay, I have a second. All the favor, raise your hand or say aye. 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 Opposed, same sign. Motion carries removed. Do you have a motion now? Uh, what, um, motion to approve Juan Jimenez. Okay. Second. A motion to second approve recommendation as presented by the city secretary. Um, all of the favors, raise your hand or say aye. aye. Opposed, aye. same sign. Motion carries. Not your pan, Omar. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I guess Castle. That's uh, the next item is mayor's report on COVID. I had a couple of things, um, and this is COVID related because we, we applied for it. The Wi-Fi program, uh, we have 290 poles installed. That's great. We've had, we have over 500 users now, and we're adding poles as we speak, so it's a great, great um, process. And actually, uh, the mm -hmm. users are pleased with that, and one of the Indeed. things we're going to do is talk about, um, you can get, what do they call them, extenders? Extenders. extenders, and we're going to do a couple of extenders in houses to see how they work, you know, and maybe recommend that going through that process. Of course, um, everybody that's got Wi-Fi knows at some point they buffer and all that stuff, but it's been very, very successful from that standpoint, and we'll give you another report. <laughs> Um, from a, a standpoint of the um, ACS, which is the hospital at the convention center, um, a couple of statistics. As of today, there's nobody in there. There hasn't been anybody since um, August 11th. The oh. maximum census since opening is seven, and the cumulative cases is eight. Um, we've been, can I go talk about that? Sure. No? Sure. Yeah, we've been requested, uh, even though we didn't have approval, the State Department of Emergency Management Services has asked us to agree to scale it back from 48 to 24, and with the idea that if they needed it, they could go back to full strength within 72 hours of the decision to do so. We're probably gonna, uh, re we're probably gonna sign off on that since it's a request of the state, and so that they could actually um, save some money from that standpoint. And, and just while we were in the meeting, the county agreed to that request okay. as well. So we'll join the county in that agreement. As far as um, hospitalizations, you know that um, we've fallen below 500. It was 504 uh, over the weekend. It was below 500 today, which is significantly lower than, uh, I think the high was 1100 or something mm -hmm. for a couple of weeks. And so that's a uh, significantly lower. And then the ICU numbers, finally, they were staying high even though the hospitalization was going down they were below 200 today. So that's the first time we broke below 200 from that standpoint. The peak in July was 304. Uh, unfortunately, I think probably the fatalities has probably been the last one 
um, to see significant decreases, and that's that's um, really really bad news from that standpoint. Um, so I th I think uh, the governor's speech yesterday he didn't offer any changes to the state uh, rules or anything, but I think if these numbers um, uh, remain, then there probably will be something from the state. We're still one of the higher uh, areas of the state of Texas in in all category numbers. Um, Mayor, I have yes. a question. Sorry, going back to the Wi-Fi. I'm sorry. If at the end of all of our installations of the Wi-Fi and someone, some neighborhood comes out, you know, they didn't put it, it's not working, or we need more, do we have that ability? Or are we going to, is it going to be a no? Where, where no. do we stand? I think our main limitation is uh, with AEP because uh, we can't put them on all AEP um, um, right. poles. And so if there is going to be a limitation, I think it's probably be AEP more than anything. Um, okay. We have a pretty good grasp on where there's no service. Um, so we're trying to do it. The first phase is to do service where there is none. Uh, okay. And so that's, you know, and, and that's where we're trying to, where it doesn't matter if you can pay for it, there's no service. And so we're trying to address that. And, and I think our obstacle at this point is AEP, and um, we're trying to get a list. I think we have a pretty good list now, and actually okay. talk to AEP, try to get a better reason why they're not letting you use um, some of their polls. Okay. And then, Thank obviously, you. we have the rent issue, which we'll try to address um, now or in the legislation or at the PU Public Utility Commission or something. Um, and I think Roy went over our expenses. You know, we're, we've uh, issued a bills for over the 114 level we're now in the 114 to 132 we're not going to issue those bills until we get the check for the 114 the full 16 million dollars after that we'll do the um, one in the middle there uh, i should point out that some of the county money that they used between 114 and 132 did go for benefit of everybody in the county which include mcallen citizens uh, for instance the um, for lack of a better term the funeral benefit that they gave uh, was available to everybody in the county. And I'll have a report, I talked to Commissioner Ellie, I'll have a report on um, that, uh, those programs that also went out to McAllen uh, people as well as county environment people. Uh, I, I, one thing that's been really good is a city program. You know, at one point we had about 250 people out because of contact tracing. If somebody in the city had it, then you know, it, you took six people out with you uh, and we were get, not getting a response back for 10 days like everybody else on their test. So through um, Kevin's office, we uh, got uh, results within 24 hours under an agreement with UTRGV, which was kind of unique. And now we don't have, we have 20 people out for everybody that's got it and contact tracing. In fact, I think we're sharing that with the school district and some of that process um, to do that. Not only did it get people back to work, it also protected them with their family members. If they had contact tracing to let them know, stay isolated for 20, 24 hours, we'll have you the results, which is a lot easier than send somebody home for 10 days to see if they got it or not. So I think it was a program uh, benefit to the city, but also certainly to the um, employees who got it. The last item I have is on flu shots. Uh, uh, Mayor, just again for public consumption, that is available to uh, dependents now as well, to, yeah. to oh, city yeah. employee dependents. So we, we do want to get that word out. If there are dependents that need to be tested, we can do that at that site as well. That's, that's right, and no cost to the... That's correct. Well, as long as they have some form of medical insurance, either ours or any other yeah, most, plan. Yeah, most of them are going to have our insurance yeah. anyways from that standpoint. The last one is um, flu shots. You know, everybody's urging flu shots, and so... 
uh, we have a call in to see whether, uh, since everybody's recommending that, including the county, county health office, how and when uh, flu shots will be available. For our city employees, they're available for free, at least they had in the past. I would suspect they will be this year. In any dependence under our program, they'll be free. So we would encourage all our employees to get flu shots because the last thing you want to have is flu and COVID. And uh, any questions on that so far? I think that's it for, for that. And uh, we get to, I'm still sending you out the reports. Do you like the daily reports too? I get the, day, the noon reports and I'm sending you the evening reports. I'll continue to do that unless you tell me not to. That's that. And then the next item is a report on the budget. I was thinking back, um, we've, uh, since I was with the city for a while, I remember 1994, I think it was, we had the great um, peso devaluation. So we've had budget challenges before. Uh, we've got through them. I don't think we've ever had budget challenges like we're facing um, now. And I appreciate Roy staff and, and what they've done. And, you know, it's a wait and see um, situation. And all I can say is uh, uh, we'll continue to watch it. And we're really, what, you say on a month to month, Roy, almost? Oh, yeah. On a month to month basis. And so we really need to, that's probably the number one thing we have to put on our agenda and maybe do workshops eventually on that. But at any rate, uh, hopefully we'll be uh, somewhat um, compensated from the county on some of the extraordinary expenses that we're um, incurring above and beyond the original budget amount that they proposed for us. That's all I had. Any questions? Okay. So we finished that. Executive session items, Mr. City uh, Attorney? Yes, Mr. Mayor. Item... 9A, no action. 9B, recommend you entertain a motion authorizing the city attorney's office, city attorney's office to offer the settlement on this lawsuit within the parameters discussed in the executive session. A motion and second. Uh, all those in favor, say hi or uh, say hi or raise their hand. Aye. Opposed, same sign. Motion carried. C. Uh, C. We'll bring back uh, D. Uh, no action required. By the commission on that on uh, e recommend you entertain a motion authorizing the city attorney's office to move forward with the uh, potential donation within the parameters discussed in the executive session so moved so moved okay motion and second any discussion hearing none all those in favor say aye or raise their hand aye, aye. opposed same sign motion carried uh, item F, recommend you entertain a motion authorizing city uh, city attorney and city managers offices to offer to amend the 380 offer on that uh, project within the parameters discussed in the executive session. So moved. Second. Okay, and this is just on the one that's not changed the overall policy? That's correct. But we may change the overall policy later time. That's my understanding. Okay, um, any further discussion? Here none, all those in favor, say hi. Aye or raise your hand, say hi. Aye. Aye. Proposed, same sign, motion carried. Uh, I want to congratulate everybody that did the census thing. You guys did a fantastic job on that. I'm excited about what we're going to do with all, all the rest of the things. It's going to be really, I, I think, a lot of fun, and it'll be worthwhile. Mayor, just, just one last thing. Um, as we now go beyond our fourth hour, just for everybody to remember that even the NFL football games have a halftime. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, um, intermission. Intermission. Our intermission. <laughs> no, and I actually I would like to give credit to uh, Sochit. She did, and I know oh, she yeah. has a big team Kudos. that helps her. Yeah. But. I'll tell you this, she was the first one here, and I was the last, and we, her and I were the last ones to leave in this room, and I, uh, 
I'm very proud for you to be part of McAllen. Yeah, That's phenomenal. Job. You did a great job, Social Group. Great job and your staff. Give her a yeah. round of applause. <laughs> a round of applause. Yeah. All right. But she, even, yeah. she was here to like eight, like picking up stuff. I'm like, just go home. But okay. But awesome. Congratulations. We're going to stay safe out there. We're going to be adjourned. Adjourned. Wear your mask. You.